Episode 52 Called to Witness From the very first day we were there, taking it all in, and we heard it with our own ears, saw it with our own eyes, verified it with our own hands. The word of life appeared right before our eyes. We saw it happen. And now we're telling you in a most sober confidence that what we witnessed was incredibly this. The infinite life of God himself took shape before us. We saw it. We heard it. And now we're telling you so you can experience it along with us. This experience of communion with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, our motive for writing is simply this. We want you to enjoy this too. Your joy will double our joy. 1 John chapter 1, verses 1-4 through 4. Well, hello everyone, I'm Neil Parks, and welcome to the program. I think this scripture that John penned pretty much speaks for itself. When you are providing evidence of fact in any court of law, an eyewitness is the most valuable proof in deciding any case. Now, Here we are in chapter 5 of our study in the Song of Songs, and the last time we found the bride going through some pretty rough moments, just like the church does and is today and every day for that matter. Jesus said there will be tribulation, so why wouldn't we expect it, right? In chapter 5, verses 8 through 16, we see that regardless of the difficulties in her life, the bride, the bride's focus hasn't wavered. She is still expressing her love for Jesus. She is overwhelmed and lovesick for her beloved. She confesses that, I'm in it for love. Because, Jesus, you are beautiful. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about that term focus here in the near future. But in verse 8 of chapter 5, the Shulamite bride speaking, O daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, tell him I am lovesick. That verse right there reminds me of Matthew 7.14. Jesus speaking says, Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. You see, the Shulamite bride responds to God in love and to others in humility by asking for help from the daughters of Jerusalem, who are 
much less spiritual. Maybe children of God, maybe not. And she does not despise them or the church that wounded her as well. In chapter 5, verse 7. Now in verse 9, the immature daughters ask the bride a couple of questions. First question, why do you love him so much? As verse 9 says, what is your beloved more than another beloved? They were finding fault with him, the beloved, by saying, we saw what he did to you. They reminded her that her beloved took his presence from her. In other words, he left you. And then he let the leaders of the church wound you. These critics, the daughters, knew her as a smart person. This just didn't make good sense to them. In 5, 6, and 7. Let me read chapter uh, 6, verse 1. Where has your beloved gone, O fairest among women? Where has your beloved turned aside? That we may seek him with you. Hmm. So after hearing her answer of being lovesick, they ask the follow-up question in 6.1. We just read it. How can we know him like you know him? That we may seek him with you. So let's take a little deeper look at these two questions that the immature daughters, or you could say worldly friends, if you will, I would submit to you, my listeners, this part of the teaching is one of the most relative that applies to the church today. So how's that, Neil? Well, you might say, isn't that sinful what those watchmen did to her? And you're absolutely right, I would say. But I would also submit to you that because worldly followers of the Lord struggle with this thing called faith. Let's read Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse 1. I believe that all Christians should almost know this one by heart. Chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the assurance of things you have hoped for and the absolute conviction that there are realities you've never seen. Faith begins as hope and indeed is unseen. And so many doubt that it is real. But what follows is the proof that faith is a reality that can be trusted. You see, the spiritually immature people will ask the bride these same questions many times over and over throughout the song. They see that it she is lovesick for Jesus in the midst of her difficulties instead of her being filled with complaints and depression. But her deep love for Jesus provokes them to want what she has. 
You see, we are made beautiful to others because of our dedication to Him, which projects Christ to others by His love in us. Listen to what 1 Peter says in chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. Peter says, don't focus on decorating your exterior by doing your hair or putting up or putting on fancy jewelry or wearing fashionable clothes. Verse 4, let your adornment be what's inside. The real you, the lasting beauty of a gracious and quiet spirit in which God delights. This part of the song is so very important, friends. When those bad days show up in our everyday life, and they will, we must never forget that we are being watched by others as to how we survive through those moments of despair and anguish. Also, Understanding this part of the song is a very critical part of us, as in our witness to the world, is a ministry that the Lord uses to reach the lost. Again, in Hebrews 2, verse 10, says, It was appropriate for God, for whom through whom everything exists to use experiences of suffering, to make perfect the pioneer of salvation. This salvation belongs to many sons and daughters whom he's leading to glory. The worldly daughters, or the immature churchgoers, if you will, in chapter 6, wondered what moved the bride to burden them by asking for their help concerning her beloved, with so much passion and concern, and therefore concluded there must be something more in him than in other favorites, which they are willing to be convinced of. So now we start to see the breakthrough of hope in people, when they begin to inquire about Christ and his unequal, unequaled perfections. Whereas sometimes the extraordinary zeal of one person by probing after Christ may be a means to provoke many. Look at Paul in 2 Corinthians 9.2. He said, I know you are ready. I bragged on you, and your passion has been contagious. The apostle went on to say that the faith of the Gentiles would stir up the Jews to a holy emulation. Look what he says in Romans eleven fourteen, In the hope of somehow making my fellow countrymen jealous by stimulating them so that they will seek the truth and perhaps save some of them. 
Paul here is implying that the Gentiles' faith is invigorating to Israel. The account with which the bride has given her beloved in answering their questions is monumental. We should always be ready to instruct and assist those that are inquiring after Christ. Knowledgeable Christians, if you will, who are seeking intimacy with Christ themselves should do all that they can to make others conscious of him. Let's see what 1 Peter 3.15 says. But exalt him as Lord in your heart. Always be ready to offer a defense, humbly and respectfully, when someone asks you why you live in hope. Well, that'll about do it for this episode today. But we will end with a question. And here's the question for you. Are you ready to passionately share the hope you have with no exceptions or compromise as God brings the opportunity before you? Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, we, we come humbly, humbly to you. We come boldly but humbly, Father God. We come wanting to see you get the glory that you so richly deserve. We come as witnesses, Father God. We come asking for more of you. We come in love with you. We come, Father God, wanting you to inhabit us. You've told us that we are the temple, and you will inhabit our hearts. Our hearts belong to you. The garden of our hearts is you. Father, I just pray for every listener here today every listener, that they would understand the passion that you want them to have, the passion for your love to be with you, to be used by you. I pray for them wherever they're at, Father God, that they would seek you with all their hearts. They would confess you as Lord and Savior of their souls. As the day approaches, Lord, we see it materializing right now at the beginning of 2022. We see what's happening before us, Lord. And you have told us to know the signs. Father God, I just lift up this group right here, right now, in your holy name, minister life to them and show them that you will use them as witnesses for your glory and your kingdom. And I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen 
and amen. Well, folks, until next time, I'm Neil Parks.